Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and begin with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the St. Philip Institute podcast. Um, today, Bishop Strickland, the founder of the St. Philip Institute, and I are talking with our favorite pro-life person, Miss Abby Johnson. Um, Abby is, is here to talk to us today about, um, we just want to have a conversation about this moment that we find ourselves in, in the history of our church, where we've got the, the COVID-19 vaccine is produced and being rolled out, and there's been a lot of discussion about the morality of receiving the vaccine, and we want to, we want to step past that and talk about what we can do, um, to make sure that we're never in this position again where we have to make these choices. Because if there had been ethical alternatives all along, we wouldn't have even had that debate. Um, and, and talk about the bigger issue of the way aborted children are exploited for scientific research. Some, it gets back to something, Bishop, that you said in the very beginning, I will not kill children to live. And I think that's what we all need to have. That's the attitude and the passion we all need to have going forward. So thank you so much for taking some time, Abby. I know you're very, very busy. And as always, Bishop, thank you for taking time to talk with us. So what, what, is, your, what is your take on the situation we're in? And people have a big question in their minds. They're upset about this and they want to know what they can do. So what do you say? Well, thank you, Dr. Stacy. I'll just jump right in there. Um, and I'm sure Abby will have plenty to jump in with also. To me, what, like you said, we need to focus on what we can do to change this culture of death for the future. Uh, as St. John Paul II spoke uh, so eloquently so many times, we are immersed in a culture of death. And we really have to lovingly but powerfully with vigor wake people up we are awakened to this tragic situation and we need to wake up everyone the three of us agree that abortion the killing of an unborn child is intrinsically evil we need to hang on to that because intrinsic evils don't morph into something else if it was intrinsically evil 500 years ago, it's intrinsically evil now. Now, what we do with that, um, to me, what I would hope we can do in this conversation is sort of leap over the present controversy, which is, is huge, and there are all sorts of issues, but some of it is settled for people. Um, you know, I don't intend to take the vaccine, and that is my moral choice. One thing that I think has been, I'm reminded of in all of this is God has given us free will. That is a God-given gift. Certainly, there's encouragement, there's, there's directives, all of that 
needs to happen, and we can have agreements and disagreements, but all of us needs to, need to use our free will to make the best moral choices we can. My moral choice is to not take the vaccine. And I really hope that coercive mandates don't develop that make that harder and harder because I don't care what the mandate is, I can't personally embrace it. But again, sort of leaping over that, I think we need to look to how do we unplug the revenue stream that comes from this intrinsic evil of abortion that, as you know, Dr. Stacy, gets used by pharmaceutical companies and other scientific research using after the children have been killed and their bodies ripped apart, sometimes, you know, in different ways, but they're killed and then their bodies are used. How do we unplug the revenue stream there? Because that's the world we live in, that if there's a revenue stream involved, it's going to be tough to, people can find all kinds of ways to ethically dance around it if they're making big bucks. Yep. That's what we have to just wide-eyed acknowledgement of that's the reality. So I think to look to the future, we've got to hang on to, this is intrinsic evil that we're talking about, the killing of persons that are unborn and then using them for research and to, to just keep pushing for that to stop. Like we talked about before, Dr. Stacy, um, to right the wrong. The wrong is an intrinsic evil of taking the life of an unborn child. Then to add to that is the wrong of using those dead children and not at least respectfully burying their remains as is expected of every person. You know, the right to a burial is a basic human right as well. And mm -hmm. instead to, to use them in scientific research. So that I think is what we have to keep focusing on and encouraging people that believe like we do to keep speaking up and to to uncover more and more how this research is being done. Yeah. Abby? Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously agree with everything that Bishop just said. Um, I think we, I, I think the thing that has been, I, I've been made aware of recently is that um, I've, I've been made aware of the work of uh, the, the John Paul II Medical Research Institute, um, the work of, of Dr. Alan Moy, and the, the incredible work that they're doing that is um, grossly underfunded, um, underappreciated by, uh, by the church. Um, and it's, it's interesting to me, you know, they have the alternative available so that we no longer have to use these cells, um, these, these aborted babies. Um, they have this available, yet because they can't get the funding, 
Um, I mean, this takes, you know, millions of dollars um, in order to, to, to make these, uh, these uh, they have adult stem cells um, that are available f- to be re- for the replacement yes. of these, these aborted stem cell, aborted baby stem cells. Um, but because they can't get uh, the, the money, they don't have the money for uh, the replacement, it hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And that that has that was brought to my attention uh, actually by Dr. Moy, and uh, that was shocking to me. That here here we are in the church saying we need to create an ethical alternative, and yet there is an ethical alternative, but be, it's not available because it hasn't been funded. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so to me, guys, this is, we need to make ourselves aware. And, I, and I'll say firsthand, I was very ignorant about this issue. And, and, and I was made aware of this primarily uh, because, of, uh, because of Bishop Strickland and uh, his advocacy on this topic. And uh, I started really looking into it and saying, what is going on here? And the more I looked into it, the more I realized this is something that I must care about. Uh, as someone who is pro-life, as someone who is Catholic, Mm -hmm. Um, as someone who understands the intrinsic evil of abortion firsthand, um, this is something I must care about. So in that sense, I must protest against it Mm -hmm. in some way. And, uh, and there's many different ways that we can do that. Mm -hmm. And so I've made my decision and how I'm going to protest against it. And we all have different ways in, in which we might do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't just, uh, you know, it, we all have to make a decision in, in what we're going to do regarding this vaccine, but we all have to take it a step further. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it yeah. can't just end there because what we have to understand is that, uh, and I think there's some confusion uh, among the faithful as well, because I, I hear from a lot of people, people will say, well, but Abby, isn't it good that there's some good coming out of, of abortion? And what people need to understand is that no good can ever come out of an intrinsic evil. Amen. Absolutely. And, and so that, that needs to be said right off the bat. And I'm not, I'm not a priest, I, but from everything I've read, um, <laughs> that's what, that's my understanding. <laughs> makes sense. That's what intrinsic evil means. Um, and I, I think absolutely, I, I agree with, with what you're saying, Abby. And it, and you, and we both, Dr. Stacy and I raised our hands. It hasn't been that, you know, many months ago when all of that I know now, I'd have said, what? And I think a lot of people react that way. And we deal with so much misinformation and fake news. I think a lot of people, because it is so horrific, it sounds like a, a science fiction it does. movie, but it's reality. And like you said, we have to care. We have to educate ourselves. I mean, I think the three of us, you mentioned this, Dr. Moya, I don't even no, uh, I, I've heard vaguely about this institute that you mentioned, mm-hmm. but I don't have that. 
People need the real information. And, and until that is out there, then, you know, certainly you can't be exonerated. Well, I didn't know, but there is a certain amount of, of culpability that starts to be diminished when we haven't been given the truth. Now that I know it, kind of like you said, Abby, I've got to act on it. I can't do anything else. And I think a lot of people, Catholic or not, people believe that abortion is intrinsically evil. Many people are with us on that across the planet. And I think the more we can get the information out there of the real data, and that's where we, it's great to have a doctor of chemistry involved that can show us data. And as Dr. Stacy's pointed out, the companies are not concerned about hiding this. It's just part of the way they operate. It's part of their reporting. I mean, they've got some laws that they have to report. Well, how did you do this? And and even know, I mean, I'm no scientist, but I know in order to prove that you really got there with this experiment and you produce this, you've got to show the steps. You can't just say, oh, I made I made gold out of sand. You got to show how did you get there? And so they show us how they got there. It's like, well, it was a, a the femur of an 18-week male fetus baby that was aborted, electively aborted. I mean, all that description is there. So a, a large part of what we have to do is to get the truth to like-minded, good-hearted people who say, yes, I believe abortion is intrinsically evil, and then to let them know the intrinsic evil is done, and then this is added to that it you know it gets even more diabolical so that i think it is a big part of what we have to acknowledge many people leaders in the church faithful in the pews people in whatever walk of life many people are not aware of this very sad very tragic information we've got to continue to get it out there and, the, and one thing that was frustrating about the vaccine debate is it's not just vaccines. Right. I mean, and, and yeah, it's a fetal cell line from a child that was aborted and would be about my age now, mm. you know, so it was a long time ago. Um, it's not just vaccines. The fetal tissues in research, and Abby, you probably know a lot more about this than I do, that I just read the scientific papers. They are laying aborted children on the bench top and measuring their feet to know how old they are. And then they're dissecting organs out and processing them for genetic analysis, because there are techniques now where you can tell the genetics of every single cell that you, that you put into the machine and you can follow the trajectory of human development. And there's, there's work going on now to map out the whole human fetal cell atlas of how cells differentiate over the whole gestational period so they can solve the, the diseases, so they can cure diseases that are responsible for killing, for most pediatric deaths. So getting back to, well, there's a benefit from this. If these companies already know that Catholics are gonna say, oh, if you do this research and we look the other way, then when there's a benefit for society, we're gonna find it morally permissible to benefit from that work. These companies are not gonna stop doing that because they already know when it comes time to make money on what they did, then then we're going to be, you know, not we, but that there will be a moral excuse for using that. And so it, 
it's almost like feeling defeated. Like how, how do we make the case for these companies to stop doing it? Because if you understand human development, little tiny baby bodies are your best specimen. And what occurs to me as you're talking, Dr. Stacy, it's about making the human person the gift given only by God. It's making the human person a commodity. Mm -hmm. Unborn, they become a commodity. That tragically happens along the continuum until natural death, all too often. Child trafficking, making human beings a commodity. Teenage abduction to, to turn into prostitutes, male and female. That's making the person, a God-given human person, a commodity. So when we're making unborn persons a commodity, then we shouldn't tragically have any logical question that, well, we're, if we're using unborn people, we're going to use the five-year-old, we're going to use the 15-year-old, we're going to use the 30-year-old, and then we're maybe going to dispose of the elderly because they're not useful. If that's what the human person comes down to, a commodity, and that's a lot of what's going on. Well, we become very utilitarian, right? Yeah. If we have no use for you, then why are you here? Well, and I think, you know, to your point, Stacey, we, in inside of the abortion clinic, we used to do research. I mean, I used to participate in, in collecting these aborted babies for research. And uh, we would say to the women who, you know, we needed them to consent to allow us to use their babies. And the way that we would get them to consent is we would say, you know, this is an opportunity uh, for you to help uh, cure diseases like Parkinson's, like Alzheimer's, like, uh, you know, dementia. And so then these women then believed that their abortion was an act of altruism, which can never be the case. But we manipulated their mind into believing that lie. And that's unfortunately uh, what has happened uh, in our society today. Uh, we have convinced people that uh, taking these vaccines is for the common good, that it is acceptable for us to make ourselves well off of something that is intrinsically evil, mm -hmm. that it is an act of altruism mm -hmm. uh, for us to accept a vaccine that was born off the backs of dead babies. And that is a lie. And I believe wholeheartedly that, uh, you know, I mean, look, the Catholic church, my, my parents are Southern Baptists and, but they will say, they will say, they will tell you, right. The first thing they will tell you about the Catholic church is that they are the leaders in the fight for human life, uh, especially in the womb. Um, and, and I think that that is, is generally the public's perception about the Catholic Church. And I believe that if the Catholic Church 
would simply say that it is against principle for anyone to get vaccines where aborted tissue was used either in the testing or in the production. I think that then ethical vaccines would be popping up everywhere because you cut off the money, right? Um, But that hasn't happened. So, okay, it hasn't happened. So now what do we do? So now we, we find our own form of protest, right? And you, you do that however you want to do. For me, uh, I have a public platform. So I choose to speak out publicly and also choose to not vaccinate myself. And my husband and I have chosen not to vaccinate our, our children mm-hmm. um, with these vaccines that are, are um, produced or tested with these, these cell lines that are tainted. Um, But then what else? Because abortions are taking place every single day in our nation, uh, about 2,400 times a day, in fact. So so now what, right? You can't just stop there and say, well, I'm protesting against the vaccines. That's great. But then what? So we have to take it a step further. So we have to get involved in the fight to protect these innocent human lives so that there won't even be any babies to research on, right? So that there won't even be That's any babies yeah. to test. Um, and, and so, you know, how do you do that? Well, you know, you, you go and you pray and you reach out uh, in front of the places where abortions are taking place. And uh, my friend David B. Wright, he says it so well. He says, every time that there are not Christians standing and praying in front of an abortion facility, that abortion facility might as well have a big sign on the front that says, this clinic is open with permission of the Christian church. And, you know, how true is that? This is a place that is taking lives of innocent human beings. There should be a public witness of Christians standing in front of that clinic every single day that it is open. And, uh, and so, you know, that's one way and it's uncomfortable and it feels weird, but, you know, Christ didn't call us to this earth to be comfortable. Uh, you know, he called us to do hard things. And, uh, and so that is a hard thing that we can do, but it makes a difference. And in fact, at my, at the last Planned Parenthood conference I went to, I actually went into uh, a breakout session that was entitled anti-choice harassment. So that's all of us that go out to the clinic. Right. And, uh, and breaking out, I'm sorry, I've got to step away, but, uh, keep talking. You've yeah. got to go pray. <laughs> no, That's okay. And, uh, and they said that whenever there are people outside praying, uh, they have a, there is a, uh, they track the no-show rate. And they said that uh, there is a 75%, up to 75% of, of women do not show up for their abortion appointments um, when there are people standing outside and praying. I mean, so you could save lives just by standing outside in front of a clinic. And so that's really powerful. That's a really powerful thing to do. And it's showing the public that what is taking place inside of that facility is morally objectionable and mm-hmm. should, not be, should not be taking place in your community. Yeah. No, that's, that's something everybody can do. I mean, it's, we've we've done it before with our kids and um it it is hard it's hard to stand out there knowing what's going on but yeah 
you're on the battleground. Yeah. Right. Well, Bishop Strickland has gone to pray and uh, he's leading prayer for the whole chancery in front of the chancery. So um, he had a, a three o'clock to go and do that. But Abby, thank you so much for making time to come talk to us. I, I know that Bishop Strickland has a great deal of respect for the work that you do and we appreciate you so much. I'm just happy to be back in Texas and know that you're right down the road. <laughs> so, That's right. Yeah, it's, it's great. Thank you for all that you're doing. And I hope we can talk again soon sometime. And um, thank you for the, the witness that you give against. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you.